Welcome, everybody. I don't know what time you are watching us at um, or where you're watching us from, but we're glad you're here. The young man that you just uh, were led in worship by is Trayton Griffith, and he's an incredible young man. For those of you from Greensburg that haven't met him yet, he's amazing. And the reason that we're doing this is because of him and all the hard work that he's put in. So uh, thank you, Trayton. You're awesome. Uh, when, we, when we start at Greensburg, since this, this is... Uh, a message for two services, two different churches. We're kind of going to combine a little bit of both of what we do. And at Greensburg, at the story, every morning when we start a message, we start it like this. We say, what informs us, forms us. And we have to believe that there is a, sport, a story that we are supposed to be in, and it's a story that is bigger than us, and because of that, it's a story that makes us bigger. And man, we are smack dab in the middle of a pretty big story right now. I'm glad you're here. Um, we're going to get through this and it's going to be fine. This isn't going to be perfect by any stretch of the imagination. There will be no cuts. You will see me make mistakes. For those of you that have seen me preach live, you realize that's pretty much business as usual. So here we go. And we're going to start today with our scripture. We're going to read out of uh, Psalm chapter 23. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. Now, Thursday was kind of the first real full day of in-house quarantine with everybody there. Uh, there. Well, four out of the five of us were there. And it was also the day of my first COVID-19 meltdown that I'm recording. I'm sure there were others, but this is the first one that I'm gonna actually take credit for because it's been stressful lately, am I right? It's been stressful. You've been stressed, I've been stressed, we were stressed. Now, I go out Thursday and I had one thing that I needed to do. I had one place that I needed to go, one thing. But since I was out, I figured, well, let's run to the store for some toilet paper, which is the gold standard of currency anymore, to see if maybe there was some there. So I went out to do one thing, and now I've got another task or another adventure to go somewhere else and do one thing. So that's one thing, and then another one thing. So I get to the store, and I'm looking, and I'm thinking, well, you know, but, but since I'm here... I get a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And, you know, who can blame me? They had summer sausage on sale. I mean, seriously, they had summer sausage on sale. But you know what they didn't have? They didn't have the one thing that I came in there for. And so as I'm leaving the store, I get a text. I won't tell you who it was. It was my wife. And she said, can you get one thing? Sure. Maybe by chance, if I go to another place, they'll have the one thing that I went out to look for after taking care of the initial one thing that I went out in the rain for at another store that sells things. And as I got in the car, I realized, well, maybe I should call mom to see if she needed anything. And she did. One thing. So off to the third destination for just one thing, thinking that they may have the one thing I went after in the first place for. So I roll into the store and I get our one thing. And I get mom's one thing. 
And then I saw a couple of other one things that I felt were necessary because seriously, they had a sale on crackers and I'd already bought the summer sausages, so it made sense, right? So in a quest that started out to do one thing, I was now leaving the third location with several things, none of which were the one thing that I went out for in the first place in the first store to get. So I headed off to mom and dad's to drop off their one thing and to finally get home, get out of the rain, and then I get a text. One word, bread. So here we go, third store on the way home. No TP, no toilet paper. I did get a loaf of bread. And as I was walking down the aisle, I realized the deli had ham on sale, so I got some of that. I went out for one thing, came home with many things, and ended up in a meltdown. So a couple years back, there's this movie, City Slickers 2. I don't know if anybody remembers it. But in there, there's a character, an old cowboy character named Curly. And does anybody remember Curly's secret to life? Here's Curly's words. Do you know what the secret of life is? This. Your finger, Mitch says. Curly says one thing. Just one thing. You stick to that and the rest don't mean, they don't mean the stuff that I had gone out to look for that one thing to use on. The other character looks at him and says, but what is this one thing? And Curly smiles. That's what you have to find out. Psalm 27, verse 4, picks up and says this. One thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. The world around this guy is going to hell in a handbasket. It is a dumpster fire. But he is secured and sheltered. So how do we get there? I'm asking God for one thing, the psalmist wrote. One thing. Me, I've asked God for hundreds, thousands of things. I can't even begin to tell you all the things that I've asked God for. One thing? Are you kidding me? One thing? My asking of God of all those thousands of things has run the gamut of pettiness and need, of selfishness and sincerity. So when I hear the psalmist say one thing, it echoes. It echoes in my heart and it echoes in my soul and it echoes in my ears. So how can this, this person be so focused, so single-minded? I think it's because they have discovered the immensity, the attractiveness, and the accessibility of the God who is the shelter. The psalmist desires one thing, but that one thing is expressed in three verbs. Dwell, gaze, and inquire. Or live, contemplate, and study. 
It's one thing, but it's experienced in three dimensions. In the house of the Lord, in the beauty of the Lord, and at the feet of the Lord. And to get to that one thing that matters more than any other thing, to get to that place of shelter in an age of quarantine, what if we tried this? Choose to live in God's presence, not your pretense. We're at a place in our history and our story where our creation of our making of a God in our own image is simply not going to work. It's going to fall way short. We've all had expectations of who we think God is and how he should respond and how he should act. And well, that's gotten us here. And for the most part, we're all scared, frustrated, unsure, anxious. What if we would choose to live in God's presence and not our pretense of who we think God is and how we think God should move? And we've all been guilty. We talk a good talk about faith. We talk about how we have this relationship, but we aren't dwelling consistently in God's grace and his power. I think when, when I'm at my worst, when I have my meltdowns, and, and here's what it was. I just wanted to control something. Because Thursday, it seemed like everything was going out of control. Thursday for me was when it hit. Thursday was me like, I have absolutely, everything is spinning out from under my grasp. Just let me get one thing. So we get a roll of toilet paper for crying out loud. Let me, let me control that. And when it didn't, I was faced with the realization that there are some things that I can't control. And there'll be times when I can't protect. And there'll be things that I can't fix. There'll be things that will be bigger than me. In the midst of my meltdown, I realized the one place that I wasn't was in the presence of God. I drifted away on my own accord, on my own choosing, I drifted away because I was going to take care of things myself. I think there's a point, and now is as good a time as any. You don't have to know what it means. You just have to open your heart and say, I want to be in your presence because that's where that peace is. The next one, Choosing to live. What if we tried this? What if we contemplated God? We use the word gaze. Gaze upon him like you would a newborn babe. Or the love of your life. Or a work of art. Look at every detail. Looking to see where he is in places that you never thought he was before. Look to see him in the, the nicks and crannies of our lives and our stories. Like that newborn babe. I remember when I held all of my girls when they were first born and I just wanted to study them and you're trying to soak in what is their potential and what are they can do and what are they going to do? Oh, the places they'll go if I can steal a line from Dr. Seuss. Or the love of your life. When you hit that moment when you realize that the investment that you have in this person and the investment that that person has in you opens up a world of possibilities or a work of art. You know, there's a reason why I can't fall asleep listening to music like some of you can. 
It's because I get too excited by it. I get too enthralled by it. I start to start to break it down, and I start to hear rhythm and groove and melody and harmony, and I'll never get to sleep. Duck Dynasty, I can fall asleep to. Good music, I can't. Let me give you something upon which to gaze upon this God who is our shelter. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. I have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found human in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And that cross, that death, was for us because our sins will keep us from the Father. And the Father wants nothing more than to have that relationship, to be that shelter in times like these. And guess what? I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, you're not deserving. And you're right. You're not. And I'm not. We're not. We don't deserve the love that he he gave to us on Calvary or the cross or the empty tomb. We don't deserve the love that he gives us every day. We don't. But it didn't stop him. All right, so one more thing. See what I did there? It's clever, right? I want you to... uh, Choose to live in his presence. I want you to contemplate and gaze upon who this God is. And I want you to intentionally inquire in his temple. Get to the place where you feel at home with God. To sit at his feet and ask questions. I have questions. Tons of questions. But I'm thinking that when we get to that place when we're at his feet, In his presence, the questions that were burning in us won't seem as urgent because peace has a way of calming questions. So we need shelter. Sometimes we just need to be held. Sometimes we don't need to know all the answers. We just need to know that someone is there for us. And that's what I hope you're hearing today. But I know that that some of you never seek the shelter because you feel like you don't deserve it. You feel like the past pages of your story are so muddled up that there's no way that you could come. There's no, you don't deserve this peace, this, this shelter. You remember everything that disqualifies you from his love. And I get it. I do too. But I pray and seek it anyway. Because the moments that I've been in his presence, the moments when I've been held in his arms, the moments when the world is shattered around me and makes absolutely no sense, and he holds me tight enough 
till I quit screaming and banging at my chest and asking why, why, why. He just waits. Sometimes you just need shelter. And if we deserved it, if we earned it, if we'd done enough church stuff or done enough good stuff or done enough whatever stuff to make the balance in our account so that we could actually pay our way into his grace and his mercy, well, it, it wouldn't be grace and mercy. And it wouldn't be the answer to our questions. And it wouldn't be shelter. But we still got them, don't we? We still have questions. Questions. Why didn't you stop this? Why, why are you letting this happen? What are you doing? Where are you? When will this end? Are you even real? And I think that's okay to ask those questions. Because if you're asking those questions, you're hoping for an answer. When you're asking those questions of God, you're hoping... That God speaks back. I'm more worried about when we stop asking the questions and we just give up all hope. Here's a question I've got lately. What if God is more concerned with sheltering us than he is in answering us? I run into Psalm 27 and I find a person who has discovered what matters most and sticks with it. And I want to be that person. And I think you want to be that person too. And I think we need to be that person now. Psalm 27, 13 and 14 says this. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Frederick Buckner said this. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. Now I know that it's easier said than done in times like these. But that doesn't change the fact that God is still God. And he loves his children. He is our shelter. And whether we know it or not, the single desire in all of our lives is to be where God is. Now, we'll try to fill that desire with anything and everything. But what we want is to rest in his shelter. When this dumpster fire of a world of ours starts to roar, we want to rest in his shelter, to hear his whisper to our souls. So let all things we think we need, let all those things that we think we must have, let all those things lead us to the only thing we do, to rest in the shelter of the God who is over all things. You pray with me. Father, I pray for our peace. We're in unknown territory, and it is easy to be frustrated. It's easy to be anxious. It's easy to be angry. It's easy to be scared. I pray for your peace. I pray for your shelter. I pray for your presence. I pray in all these things, that we seek you as the one thing that we need. And I want to pray for someone who, who maybe they, they, they stumbled upon this, this, uh, this video. 
and they want that peace, but they've never, they've never started that conversation with you, Jesus. If that's you today, if you're willing and ready to be in his presence, to, to, to walk with him, to, if you're just tired and you want to be sheltered, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I'm tired and I'm scared and I'm angry and I'm frustrated and I am so wore down from being out in the elements. I need shelter. And I'm hearing that, that you are the only shelter that, that matters and you're the only shelter that provides what we need. So here's what I know for sure. I know that there have been things in my life that have kept me from you. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the dead. So I want to turn from them, those sins and I, I want to dwell in your presence and be in your shelter. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Have anyone prayed that, prayed that prayer? and would like to talk about their questions, or if you just want to talk. Get a hold of us. We're on Facebook. Look for Milan Christian Church or look for the story. But look for us. We'll be back next week. We'll be here. Look, we live in a time when there's so much that we don't know. So I want to leave you with something I do. We got this. He's got us. Peace.